Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Like Sherry said, we had a really great trip down there. Actually, Dan and Sherry went down ahead of us and uh, to start the horse show, and then Jay and I went down from Friday to Friday and spent some time down there. And... Uh, and uh, like Cher said, I got, I got a few photos today. I'm going to show three or four. So Dee did really good. The first one's really blurry. I don't know why it's blurry. Sherry sent it to me. But there they are um, in Vegas with their uh, trophies and Brody there. And so um, amazing, amazing hotel. It was all set up for equestrian. And so it was a huge uh, hotel casino, but it was all set up with indoor arenas and all the stalls were conditioned. It was just an amazing place. So they did really well. And um I think that's where they got second out of a bunch of horses there. So that was really good. And so we went down for a holiday as well after the horse show. Jay and I went down Friday and watched the rest of the weekend, Deanna show. And then we, we decided to go on a bit of a, well, I went down there for a bit of a holiday. And so we did spend a couple days down on the strip, one full day and uh, then an evening and had some fun down there. Went on a couple of the roller coasters that were down there on uh, New York. New York's got one. And and uh, I'm used to going on, on all these new roller coasters, and I forgot what the old ones are like. And so Sherry and I got on there, and they're not so smooth anymore. I mean, they're smooth now. They weren't so smooth back then. And after the first corner, our heads were rattling, and we, <laughs> we were trying to, like, keep our heads from bashing off the things and uh, realize that they've come a long ways in roller coasters, and, uh, and we were kind of beat up. Jonathan loved it that way, but uh, we were kind of beat up. And so we spent more time in the arcade than we did around the slot machines, that's for sure. Because we were in Vegas, uh, we decided to gamble in the arcade instead of the slot machines. And so we had a big pinball competition. There was four of us on there, and every time somebody had to lose, they either had to buy Starbucks or breakfast or lunch or, or something. And so Jonathan didn't like that because he had some money down there to spend. So he's like, <laughs> he was playing, playing to win. And uh, he didn't uh, lose any of them, so I got the worst one. I had to buy lunch, and uh, then Deanna had to buy Starbucks and dessert, I think. I don't think Sherry had to buy anything. Sherry and Jonathan didn't have to buy anything. <clears throat> so it was pretty funny that we were pretty intense in there. I think we were crazier than people losing money gambling in the arcade there. So after that, uh, we decided to just drive around, and, and like Sherry said, Vegas is fun. And we did see a couple shows, too, while we were there, and Jonathan got to see his... Uh, Penn and Teller show, he loves magicians. And so is there a picture of that one there? Did I send you that one? No? Jonathan had a picture with Teller there. And I got a bunch of new stuff. To, he's doing his card tricks on people this morning, I think. So um, that was a lot of fun. Went to uh, that. And uh, then after that, we just like to explore. And so one morning we decided to head out south out of Las Vegas and uh, just go check out this old western town that had turned into a ghost town. And well, it wasn't much of anything. It was just this old town that 
Some maybe 16 people lived and they turned it into some modern art thing and it was just like the weirdest place ever. So it wasn't very good to go see that particular old town. But on the way, these big buildings and casinos would just pop up out of nowhere in the middle of nowhere. And one of the things we saw on the way there, we ran into this place called Buffalo Bills outside of Las Vegas about an hour. And it was like right up my alley. And even though it was built for a casino, they built it so that the families obviously were going to have a good time when they went there and the kids didn't want to leave. And so we went in there and the place was like all Western on the inside. And it had like a log ride in there and a roller coaster. And we were just so stoked though. And Jonathan was just really amazed that they did all the Western stuff inside a building. It was literally like a town inside. And he was all excited that we could maybe build something like that in the future under an arena or something. It's when the weather's bad in this area, it was all themed out. So I took a couple pictures while I was there and it was like the coolest place that's inside. Really cool. And I only took, a, I have a bunch of pictures, but I put a couple up. Like, this is all inside. And uh, they had a log ride there. What is, isn't like a drop log ride. They just had a log ride that went through this little canal that we could easily do here. And they had a shooting range while you were in the long ride. And you can shoot things and, and get points. Unfortunately, it was closed the day we were there. I really wanted to go on that. But one of those places where I just started to get the vision juices going and man, you see somebody else and a little creativity and you tap into your own and mix them together and all of a sudden I'm thinking and we're talking about ideas the whole rest of the trip. And so that was pretty cool. Um, another thing we saw on the ride there was we ran into a place that had Bonnie and Clyde's actual car. So that's them there shooting up Bonnie and Clyde's car there. And uh, the guy bought it in 1988 for a quarter million dollars and put it in his uh casino there, but we were, it was pretty cool. So we watched Highwaymen after that. And, uh, the story of the latest story of Bonnie and Clyde there, which is a really good show, actually really good. And for once they actually take it from the lawman side, rather than trying to edify Bonnie and Clyde, the Highwayman is just a really good show. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, down in the States, what wasn't so cool is they have this place called White Castle and, uh, oh my goodness. And it was so delicious, but <laughs> For the rest of the ride, I felt like I'd swallowed a balloon that kept filling up. Jonathan laughs because I almost puked in the old ghost town there in, uh, after eating White Castle. Anyway, so that was one day. And then another day we decided to go, a second to last day, we decided to go a different direction and hit Hoover Dam. And then we actually rented a boat and, and uh, cruised around on, on uh, Lake Mead there at Hoover Dam. And so while we were at Hoover Dam. I hadn't been there since I was like 15 or 16 years old. And seeing it again, I was just absolutely amazed at this engineering feat that, that took place. You know, how they could actually build that dam, like to come up with the engineering to do that, and then create all that power years ago to basically power the entire city of Las Vegas at that time um, is absolutely amazing to me. And so we took a picture while we were there too, I think, did we? Yeah, there we are. I'm not the one that should be taking selfies. I'm too big. Everybody else gets swished out of the picture when I do it. So uh, Jonathan started doing it after that. <laughs> Anyways, you can see the, it's really cool. You can see the water line where they go up and down on, uh, on the dam there behind you as the water line. And so I thought that was a pretty cool picture. But anyways, while I was there, actually after I got thinking about Hoover Dam and how men did this. Men did this. Men came up with this, engineered this thing, and created from all that, all the power at that time that was lighting up Las Vegas. And so it was an absolute feat to be able to do this. 
So as I began to think about this, of course, I began to think about the scripture that we opened up with. I want to read it one more time before I get into this, because I don't have a lot of scripture. This is it today, but I just want to talk about this. God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Just stop there for a minute. God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Talking about the Spirit of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, let us make man in our image. We are created in the very image and likeness of God. We say that lots, but we need to pause lots. Because that is absolutely amazing. I heard a Greek, I mean a Hebrew scholar one time say that the words used with image and likeness here, the closest thing that we, they, they can come up with to this scripture as an analogy is that God went and looked in a mirror and created what he saw. He didn't create himself, but he created a reflection of himself. That we are actually made in the image and the very likeness of God. And then he said to him, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Let them have dominion. Made in his image and his likeness, and I'm just going to stop there. Made his image in his image, their image and their likeness, he created male and female in God's very own image. Then he said, take dominion, be fruitful, multiply. I've given all of this to you to use, to take dominion over, to grow, to take the seeds and plant, and to grow. And I paused on this after I saw Hoover Dam. I paused on this. And right after God creates everything, the Bible says then he makes us in his image and his likeness. And so you can't pull those two scriptures apart. Right after he did all this, he made us in his image and his likeness. Well, what did he just do? Created the whole place and then he made something just like him. So we try to separate ourselves from that, but the fact is, is he did all that, put it at our disposal, and then said, now you go... Take dominion, use what I've put here and expand this thing over the whole earth. I've made you in my image and my likeness. Now let's see what can happen. Whoa! And so when I was at Hoover Dam, I'm thinking, only God could put something in a man to be able to do that. Absolutely amazing. And we are made in his image and his likeness that we should have that about us at all times. We should be able to look at stuff and just want to like transform it. We should be able to just look at something that is out of control and want to control and take dominion over it. Now it's interesting that the Bible says the only thing that we're not supposed to take dominion over is another human being. But everything else that's out of control, we are supposed to put in line. We are to take dominion over. We are to form it into something because we are made in his image and his likeness. He said, be fruitful, multiply, create godly offspring, and take dominion. That's such a powerful position. It's absolutely amazing. And I look at this Hoover Dam, and I'm going, whoa. And there's so many of us that just feel like we can't do anything, but God has put everything in us to be able to do things in life. So I started to look at the word dominion. What does that look like? What does it look like? Well, I see Lake Mead, this piece of water that somebody said, I'm going to harness this thing and light up Las Vegas. Think about that. That's a huge feat, but a human being did it. Now, there's a lot of human beings that helped do it, but a human being did it. I'm going to harness this lake. I'm going to harness this water, and I'm going to put it through some turbines, and I am going to light up Las Vegas. Isn't that cool? That's such a feat. 
I stopped in at Buffalo Bills. What does it look like? Some creative guy in the middle of nowhere says, I want all these families to hang around. Well, I'm not saying it's all good while the families blow all their money. I'm not saying it's all good, but the creativeness that we saw in there was like, wow. I was looking at it and I was inspired by a casino. Sound like a preacher should be inspired by a casino, but I was really inspired by a casino for maybe different reasons, right? But completely inspired by it. So what does dominion look like? What does it look like at Buffalo Bills? What does it look like to a horse at a horse show, right? To take dominion over the situation. What does it look like? Depends who you are. Depends what you're looking at, right? At the horse show, I was at a booth there, and a guy was making handmade knives that were just beautiful, and I'm kicking myself for not buying one. They were expensive, but man, good stuff is expensive, and he was there, and he was, I was talking to him for quite some time, and Jonathan was talking to him with me because he loves that forged and fire stuff, and, and um, got talking to him, and I said, you know, when did you start? And he said, you know, 16 years old, I, I began falling trees as a job. And he says, I'd, my chains would get all beat up, and I used to throw them away. And he says, but I looked at them one day, and I decided I was going to forge my old chainsaw chain into a knife and sell them as a knife. And I thought, how cool is this? Here's this guy who's got garbage, and he looked at it and said, no way, and transformed it into something that he sold. And he says, I started selling knives at 16 years old, and he says, I'm still in touch with people that are still using my knives I made at 16 years old. Now, he's been doing it for years and years and years, and I love to talk to him. And matter of fact, he was a mentor for some of the guys on uh, Forged in Fire, and talking about the, his different knives and, and different things and, 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 and canister Damascus. There's one knife that was really cool. And, and so anyways, he was talking about him mentoring guys on Forged and, and Fire. But years later, he has this most beautiful stuff, mentoring people on Forged and Fire, because one day he looked at a chain from a chainsaw, and to him it wasn't garbage. To him it was something that he could transform, that he could take dominion over and repurpose it to where somebody's still using that knife today. Isn't that cool? And he's making a bunch of money at it. His stuff was expensive, but good. And he couldn't keep up. He said by the end of the show, most of the stuff's going to be all sold out. You know, super cool. Taking dominion over something. And so it boils down to just to me as I look at these things and I look at great stuff, but it's just really a human being saying, I can do this. Right? It's a human being looking at something that isn't productive and making it productive. It's a human being looking at something that somebody might say is garbage and making it something. It is looking at something that is broken and fixing it. That is good, but could be better. Because we're made in the image and likeness of God and told to do so, told to take dominion, told to multiply, told to create. So it's just taking the opportunities that God has given us. And there's so much. There's an unbuilt dam that somebody built. There's an unbroke horse somebody trained. There's a chainsaw chain somebody turned into a knife. There's a lawn that needs to be cut. There's a garden that needs to be planted. There's a fence that needs to be built. There's a room that needs to be renovated. There's a product that needs to be created and sold. There's a service that needs to be provided. There's a child that needs to be raised. There's a grandchild that needs impartation. Our life is filled with opportunities that we are set in the midst of to transform, to transform. And it's all here. It's all here. God created it in the very beginning. We looked at the scripture. Now we said, get to it. 
but it's just how you look at it. We'd look at a beautiful lake. Somebody looked at a dam to create power. We look at an old chainsaw chain and somebody looked at it and started to make knives and now has a career making knives. It's wild. It's all how we look at it. In the beginning scripture, he said, I'm giving you every seed. He didn't give the final product. He said, I'm going to give you the seed. What? To multiply it, to grow it, to harvest food. But if you just looked at the seed like a seed and didn't do anything with it, didn't plant it, didn't take care of it, nothing would come out of it. And so it's all how we view things. Some people see a bag of seeds. Other people see a garden, right? Flowers. Ben, he can tell you about seeds. He, we might see a little... Well, I was in Alberta with him, and he was like looking at the sides of the hills, wanting to stop and cut things off. We didn't stop very much, but he wanted to cut things off so he could start them back in his nursery back home because he didn't have one. I just see a weed in the side of a hill. It's all how we look at something. It's all through what lens are we going to look at it. And it's all here. It's not what it looks like. It's what can it become when a child of God decides to take dominion. And really, that offer is to anybody. That's why we see non-Christians doing amazing things. There's so much common grace on this earth that God said, just do it. Just do it. And so we're most likely missing our greatest opportunities in life because we don't look at it like God looks at it. We look at it through a different lens. You know, every once in a while I get down and I'm like, you know, you know what it's like, right? It's like everybody goes through different seasons. Every once in a while, I'm like 48 now and I'm like, I couldn't start rodeoing and steer wrestling again. I mean, I probably could, but it probably wouldn't be wise, right? That kind of season's come and gone, right? I don't think, Todd, you should start up bull riding again. I really don't. And so we go through different seasons, and I start to get down, feeling like I maybe miss things, or maybe look at the vision. It's not right where it's supposed to be, or, or different things, you know? And we all go through that. We're too old. We're too young. We don't have enough money. If we do it, if we just had the money, if there's so many excuses that get us down in life, but God said it's all here. It's all here that we just have to look at life through a different lens. Sometimes I feel like nothing's happening. Things are going wrong. The vision isn't being accomplished like I thought it would. But then we, what happens is we start blaming other people and other things. Oh, this, or if I would only then, or God, if you'd only given me more money, or or, you know, if that person wouldn't have come into my life. Or, man, if this or that. And we start blaming other things and other people. Just like people did in the Bible. But when people complained in the Bible about their situation, God showed up and he basically said the same thing every time. Those who said they're too old, he says, no, you're not too old, Moses, Abraham. No, you're not the only one, Elijah, who's going through this. No, you're not insignificant, Gideon. And they all had the same answer at the end of it. Get up. Do you realize what I've created you to be? Do you realize what I've put in your hands? Get up. He says, you have me and what I put in your hands. That's enough. Right? We're just not looking through the right lens. It's all how we look at something. That's why I like to get around people that are like that. I hate getting around negative people and everything's so this and how things going on. Everything's so terrible and everything hurts and everything like that. And maybe it does, but... How are you looking at the next day? How are you looking at what's in front of you? That is what makes the difference. Filling yourself around you with winners. 
You know, I share this story a lot, um, but it's pertinent here as well. One time, I'll just do the Coles note on it, but one time I was in Hawaii, I'd never swam in the ocean before, got out to do some snorkeling, and the moment I put my head under the water, there was this array of colors, this array of fish that were all around me. I couldn't believe it. There were eels, there were everything. I mean, I was in a really good spot, but the first time I ducked my head under the ocean, it was better than any TV could have shown me. And I was absolutely amazed at what was there. And I went from this above the water to like this in a completely other world. And it reminded me that day, there's so many things that we do in life that we don't know. We miss our opportunities because we don't see what God sees. And just like looking above the water versus looking below the water and seeing the myriad of fish and colors and wonderful things, we walk through life like this all the time and we never dip in to what God wants to show us. And so we look at a problem like a problem. We don't look at a problem as something to solve. But we should. We don't look as a wrong to wanting to right it. We don't look as a problem as wanting to fix it. We don't look at garbage as wanting to restore it. We don't look at a problem child as the next prime minister. Right? We're always looking at the deficit. We're always looking at the problems. We're always looking at the handicap. We're always looking at the whatever is in our way. But God has given us the ability to see differently and to take dominion over the situation. Dominion. What does that look like? Well, it's just first of all, it's just looking differently. It's purposing to realize that you are made in the image and likeness of God, and that is everything. Not everything else that tries to say you can't do anything in life, but just being made in the image and likeness of God is everything. And he says, just do a couple things. Work hard, be creative, take dominion. Take what God has given us and transform it. That's what the talents is all about. He puts things in our lap. Everybody's been given different things, but he just wants you to multiply it. And we say, how? As a child of God, what am I supposed to do? Take dominion. Exactly, I don't know. But I know he has given you everything and given me everything to look at something and look at it differently to look at some ground and make a garden, to look at some chain and make a knife, to whatever our life is. And so we're to work hard, we're to be creative, we're to take what God has given us and begin to transform it, just stepping out on something. And as I think about this, I think, imagine that principle in relationships. You know, I talked about all the other things we're to take dominion over, but imagine, not over a person, but imagine taking dominion over a relationship. Why? Because we're made in the image and likeness of God. You ever notice when God talks to you, you feel like you've won? No matter what you're going through, he breathes something to you, and all of a sudden you just feel like there's nothing impossible. Like anything. It's like you could face death and even you win at the end of that. You know? But imagine if we use that in the ability of relationships. Imagine if we just brought hope instead of sharing all the junk. Just imagine what our life would look like. If we just brought, rather than just telling everything that's wrong, just bringing hope, breathing life. Imagine as if when we are smoking mad, if we decided to just be kind and love rather than bring anger. Not easy, but just imagine. Just imagine how many things could be de-escalated in marriages and relationships if we could just do that. 
right? Imagine reporting good rather than bad. Imagine finding something to agree on rather than disagree. Imagine if every conversation we just listened to somebody to where we could just come into agreement with rather than trying to fix everything they're saying. Imagine that. Because that's our flesh wants to fix everything people are saying. We want to be dominion in the wrong way. Right? Imagine if we could find and just agree with things, how we could empower people in life. And so, as I was thinking about this and this morning, I just thought, man, all over the Bible, one person changed things that we talk about still today. Obviously Christ, but there's men all over the Bible that made huge differences because one man believed God. And I don't believe every one of us is going to make a Hoover Dam. I don't. But I believe every one of us is going to, should transform something every day of our lives. You know, I've talked about it before, but there's this word called redeeming the time in the Bible. And really what it means is buying back the moments in life. Buying back for what? For the kingdom. Everything that's fallen, buying back for the kingdom. And imagine if we just went through life just buying back all these moments, just transforming these moments, looking at things like, I'm a child of God. Again, we're all not going to make Hoover Dams, but you know what? We can make some chain and turn it into a knife. We can plant a garden. We can change someone's life. We can uplift somebody. We can agree with somebody. We can say something nice about somebody rather than driving down the road and always making fun of people on the side of the road. Because that's seed too. That's seed that they might not see as we're talking about them, but that's seed that goes in the ground that God put that principle in motion with. I just think that even this room here this morning has the ability to do absolutely amazing things. And not just the youngest folks in the room. All of us. The young ones have a whole life to do it. But you know what? Every season that God has given us is a new season to transform. I was with somebody down in Vegas for a little while, and they were just dreading their 60th birthday. And they were like, I never thought I'd reach this age. And they were like, they're in business still, and they were all put out by it. And we were discussing it. And at the end, I said, everybody thinks that they get to this age, and then, and this guy's got enough money just to retire. But he doesn't want to retire because he's just been, he's been active in doing things in this world and in this life. And he was turning 60, and it was all bothering him because he wasn't going to be young anymore. And I just said, people get to your age, and in the prime of their life where they've learned so much, they shut off and remove themselves from the rest of the people. And they go and they, you know, and they become uh, uh, snowbirds and they hang out with all the other snowbirds and they, they've just spent an entire life gaining that knowledge that needs to be put back into the next generation. And I said, here you're thinking about checking out and everything you have we need or the, or the kids below us need, Right? That's what I believe, that every single season of life, we have a different set of things to transform at different seasons. And so, yeah, I wish I could take off out of the chute and slide off and wrestle a few more steers. And yeah, I dream about that sometimes, but that season's over. But there's a whole bunch more to do, right? Father God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. 
I thank you, God, that you have made us in your image and your likeness. I thank you, God, that you've told us to take dominion, to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue the earth, to plant seed, to see it harvest, that you've given us talents that you want to see multiplied. Father, I ask you to help us see like you would see. God, to help us transition so that we can look at something as you would look at it. Father, help us to see something that's broken that should be fixed. Help us to see a problem, God, and give us the answer to that problem. God, may we spend the rest of our lives adding to this earth and bringing the kingdom of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, give us all the wisdom needed. In Jesus' name, amen. You get something out of that this morning? Good.